welcome to the West Cheltenham podcast. We want to see communities and places buzzing with the extraordinary presence of Jesus. Join us live on YouTube every Sunday at 10.30am. We really hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, everyone. Morning. Beautiful spring morning. Daffodils out, blossoms out. We've made it. Wow, fantastic. It makes you feel good to be alive, doesn't it, when you see the new, new signs of spring and life. It's lovely. Right, let's pray. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, we want to open our hearts and our minds, our lives to you, Lord, again this morning. Whatever we've come in with, Lord, whatever week we've had, good or bad or just the same or tricky, Lord, you know it all. Nothing is hidden from your sight, Lord Jesus. So, Father, I pray that you will today grant us your peace, your joy, and may the love that you have for each one of us, Lord, sink deep into our very being this morning. Lord, as we, as you love us, may we love others. So, Lord, as we look at this passage uh, that Carol's just read to us, Father, I pray that um, you will give each one of us something from your word this morning. Something, Lord, that will enable us to grow in our faith and to nurture and deepen our relationship with you. Because you are Lord of Lords and King of Kings. You are sovereign. And there is no one like you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. So today we are looking at justice as encounter. Not really quite sure what that means, to be honest. Um, oh, I heard that Sarah did really well last week. Um, I haven't listened to it yet. It was good job. I've not. It's a lot to live up to, <laughs> uh, but I will. But thank you, thank you. Um, Justice as encounter. These two um, stories of Jesus in the Bible, true stories of um, how he met with Jairus and Jairus's daughter and the woman with the bleeding, changed lives, didn't it? It was a real, real encounter. I once heard, and I think it's so true and I love it, one touch of the king changes everything. You know, one touch and some of us have probably just had one touch from Jesus all of our lives. And that just one tiny touch has probably kept us going. If we're still looking for that one touch of the king, it's there for you. And come for prayer ministry at the end of the service, if that's one thing that you are seeking. So here, let's have a look at the passage. The ruler 
one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came to find Jesus. He'd heard about him, heard good things. What was the first thing he did when he saw Jesus, when he came? He fell at his feet. He fell at his feet. How often do we fall at the feet of Jesus? You know, we haven't got to church with pews, have we? Which is very, very good we haven't. But you know, on these pews, can you remember, they always had kneelers, didn't they? So, I mean, my mum would always walk into a church and kneel down straight away. Because it's just what she was taught to do. Came in, sat down on the kneeler and kneeled and said a prayer. And I just remember being really impacted by that, that she did that. When I was in street, we had a, a big baptism in. I'll tell you about our baptism next week at the end. But we had a big baptism in once, and it was one of these baptisms that was just, I knew it was going to be crazy. There was just people everywhere. And I'd gone to do a service at a church um, previous, and I came in, and it was just chaos, this baptism was. And the only thing I could do was walk to the front of the church and kneel. We had a bit of an altar, we had a church like this, but there was an altar rail, a rail that you could kneel. And I just came in and knelt. And I didn't do it for, to be super spiritual or anything like this. It's all I could think of to do. I just needed God's help. And afterwards, somebody came up to me and said, that was just so powerful. That just kneeling. Because it's making us humble, isn't it, in God's presence. It just humbles us. Now, we all got a bit dodgy knees, I know, you know. So it's not always, it's not always practical, I know that. But, you know, there's, there's a sense of kneeling with our heart as well, isn't there? You know, bowing our head. And some of the songs we sing, you know, I bow before the Lord. You know, and that sort of sense of just bowing before the Lord. Most of us can do that. Marvellous. So this ruler came and he, he fell at Jesus' feet. First thing he did. Wow. Now he must have believed, he must have had confidence that Jesus could heal his daughter. Because he came to see, he could have been desperate. You know, that's a desperate situation. But he probably had confidence as well that Jesus could heal. Interestingly, he put Jesus actually in a box here. He put Jesus in a box because he believed that he could heal, but he believed that Jesus had to be and come with him. Come and come with me, come and see my daughter, she's dying, and you can lay hands on her. So I thought it was quite interesting. You know, um, Jairus, he wasn't like, I mean, can you remember the centurion in Luke's Gospel, Luke 7? The centurion said to Jesus, I don't, have, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. Just say the word and he'll be healed. And Jesus said, I've not seen that such faith like that in all of Israel. That's amazing faith. Go and he's healed. But you know, Jairus didn't do that, did he? So there's two different elements here of faith. But what I love is the loving kindness of Jesus here. Jesus didn't say to Jairus, well, you, sh you, should be, you should just believe it can be done. I don't need to come with you. I've got plenty of work to do. I don't need to lay hands on your daughter. I can just say the word. You know, God spoke the word into being and all creation came into being. But Jesus didn't do that, did he? This, it was the same faith that was offered and Jesus took what was offered. 
You know, Jesus takes from us what we offer. It might be dead tiny. It might be as small as a mustard seed. Or it might be Mount Everest faith. No favouritism, you know, with God. It's just different parts of the journey. There's no favouritism. God takes what we offer. And he's delighted that we offer anything. You know that sense of, you know, when you go somewhere and you're just dying for a cup of tea. Sometimes it's only a cup of tea will do, won't it? And somebody offers you a cup of tea and you think, oh, yes, please, Aldred, I'm just desperate for a cup of tea. Not a cup of tea for the last two hours, desperate for a cup of tea. You know, God takes what we offer. But, in, but we need to offer something, don't we? We need to offer that cup of tea. We need to offer that small element of faith. And Jesus takes it. And then Jesus is going along, encounters Jairus, and then he comes across this woman. Beautiful, beautiful story. And this is where I see the justice bit. Here we see her. She's not named, is she? This woman is not named. The woman with the blood. We see her getting justice from Jesus. She'd spent all she had, 12 years, 12 years, being unclean, cast out, not being able to be part of the community. When you bleed, you couldn't be part of the community to the Jewish, Jewish people. It was one of their laws. And Jesus encounters her. She encounters Jesus. He encounters her. She needed that. She so needed that. And interestingly, again, which we know Jesus does this, but it's a good lesson for us. Jesus put the person before the complaint. As she reached out and touched Jesus, she would have made him unclean, according to Jewish laws. He would have been made unclean. But there's no evidence, is there, of that. Jesus was more than happy. He did, well, we'll come to that how he says, who's touched me. But Jesus came to turn the world, world upside down. Jesus' thoughts and God's thoughts aren't our ways and thoughts. We see that time and time again. When she touched Jesus' cloak, she didn't make him unclean, but he made her whole and totally acceptable again to the whole of the community. You know, when we talk about healing prayer, and it's something that we must keep pushing through, you know, healing, whether it's mental, physical, emotional, whatever, if you're in pain, we need to push through, we need to pray for one another. We need to lay hands and we need to pray. Yeah. Philip's got a nice smile. Oh, lovely. We need to pray because it's about wholeness. You know, it's, we, we, we whole, healing is wholeness in, in all of us. But then Jesus, it seems really quite embarrassing, doesn't it? Jesus says, who touched me? He would have known who touched him. He would have just been able to look around the crowd and known. Jesus said, who touched me? But there's a difference, isn't there, between a casual contact with Jesus, pay and paying him lip service, and reaching out to really touch and grab hold of Jesus. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek him first. 
and then all these things will be added to you. Lots of people pay, pay Jesus lip service. They're like that, they have that casual contact. Okay, God, come so far, but no further. God will only give us as much as we're prepared to have from him. He won't come any further. He's a perfect gentleman. He'll only come as far as we allow him. My best friend, Angela, who you'll hear from time to time. Angela and I journeyed together through all of this, got confirmed together, teenagers. I embraced it more, a bit reluctantly, and Angela was one of these that kept it at arm's length. She believed in God. There was no doubt that she had a belief in God, but she kept it at arm's length. And now she's in a position where she still knows that God is God. She still would say God created the world. She'd still believe that Jesus came and died on the cross and rose again. But she won't ask him for anything because she doesn't think she deserves it. Because she's paid him lip service. She's not honoured him with, all, with, with other areas of her life. So she's too embarrassed to go any further. She needs to come for communion and get herself sorted out. But she lives in Derby. And she's not been to church for years because she's too ashamed to go. So sad. Because God loves her. God's just waiting without arms open wide, isn't he? Of course he is. And it's just so hard. So if she wants anything, she says to me, will you pray, Sharon? So yeah, of course I will, but you know, God lay your prayers just as much as he is mine. And that's true for all of us. You know, that is true for all of us. Hard. I've lost my place. Hold on a sec. So when we reach out and we touch Jesus like that woman did, we're actually reaching out for a personal relationship that lasts forever. Forever. You know, in the, in the um, I think it's in Matthew, Jesus says, you know, go the extra mile, doesn't he? Turn the other cheek and go the extra mile. And I've always thought of going the extra mile is about going the extra mile for people, for others. You know, somebody knocks on your door or says, can you take me or can you do this for me and all this sort of thing. Oh, I don't really want to, but, you know, go the extra mile, I better, you know. But actually, what about going the extra mile for God? You know, what is, what's, go the extra mile for God. Seek first his kingdom. Go the extra mile for him. But, you know, Jesus wasn't trying to embarrass the woman here, even though it sounds very embarrassing. You know, you've just been healed. But there's something about owning that healing that you've got to be stand up and be countered. Also, the fact he called her out, she would have known that she was healed. You know, if, if it had just, yet yeah, she's healed, and she, she could probably have felt the blood, you know, I don't know, go away. But then she could have doubted, couldn't she? And a day, two days later, she went, well, perhaps that medicine I took two days before I saw Jesus did work. You know, Jesus wanted to make it really clear, he was the healer. You know, Jesus is the healer. And I don't know if you've ever dabbled in sort of healing, hopefully not, but, you know, don't. But, you know, it, it, Jesus, only Jesus heals. 
the, the healing comes from Jesus. I'm not saying you don't take your medicines. Don't, please don't hear that. But some people go seeking all sorts of things, don't they? Is it Reiki or crystals or, I don't know, stuff like that? Only Jesus is the healer. You, you know, you just open a door to you just... It's not good. Not good. So she would have known. And also it would have given her credibility with others. Because Jesus claimed that she was healed. They would have seen Jesus heal others. So she would have been welcomed a lot easier back into, the, into society. Truly healed forever. But this woman, with her, with her reaching out, she'd not only found a cure, she'd found a friend. I bet she went with trepidation. Her faith must have increased a hundredfold. She'd found a true friend in Jesus by reaching out. So we can hold back, not too much God, or we can embrace everything. What do you want to do? I want to embrace everything, even if it causes me embarrassment. Jesus may ask us to do things that seem embarrassing, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard. But there's always a higher purpose with God than we can ever contemplate or even know. You know, when we're not willing to step out for God, it's pride that gets in our way. And we're more in love with ourselves and our own self-image than we're actually in love with Jesus. You know, I always used to think, I mean, I, you know, I'm talking to myself, I'm talking to myself again here, as always. You know, but I, what, we need to work for an audience of one. When we're pleasing to God, you know, if other people don't like it, well, I, I'm, I'm so, sorry. It's never intentional to upset anybody. But we've got to be working for God, it's glory. We've got to be working for an audience of one. What did Paul say? I don't care what people think. I just care what he thinks. You know, it's what he thinks. And then in this story, we've got Paul Jairus, you know. He must have thought, come on, Jesus, hurry up. My daughter's dying. What, what's the delay? I mean, has God ever taken you right to the wire? And you've thought, he's not coming. Oh, it's horrible, isn't it? I wish you wouldn't do that. You know, you pray and you pray and you pray and you pray. And you've got this feeling that it may be all right. But God takes you to that absolute fine line before it comes through. Oh, it's too much for me. I don't know why I don't have a heart attack. You think, God, I know, I know you've got your purposes in that and it's trust, but come on. Cut me some slack. But he does, don't he? Does it? And Jairus must have been in that situation. And then someone came, doesn't he, and says, don't bother the teacher anymore, your daughter's died. You know, no, no point in coming. And Jesus says two things to Jairus. He says, do not be afraid and believe. Believe. Do not be afraid and believe. You see, fear and faith do not go together. You can't put fear and faith together. It doesn't work. How hard for Jairus at that. You, you, it's dead. 
you know, your, your child's dead. Just believe. And actually, just believe means don't try to figure it out. Don't try to work it out. Don't try to make sense of it, because actually you won't be able to. Just believe. Just trust in God. So what's our application for this morning? Two things to go back to the justice um, theme. Don't let, in our capacity, don't let us ever deny justice to someone. Let us continue to look for injustice and to fight against it. Because that's what Jesus asks of us. But let's be real with ourselves. Where is God in our lives today? Is he? We're all here because God's brought us here. And that's great. We're here by grace. God loves us, adores us, cherishes us, is our Heavenly Father. Nobody's more loved. I'm not more loved than you, just because I've got this doesn't work like that. We're all totally loved. He's our Heavenly Father. How much of that love do we embrace, do we want to embrace? Can we take? Let's go for all of it. Let's go for all of it. And let's just see what God can do and how God will transform our lives. And fear will vanish and faith will come. Despair will vanish and hope will come. Anxiety will go and peace will come. Perfect peace passes all understanding is yours and mine in Jesus Christ. Love it to have communion again this morning. I think because we have it once a month, it's quite special, isn't it? It's not every day, every week. So just as we come again, get fed with that bread, and you, you dip it into, into the wine, the body and blood of Jesus. Let him feed you in that way and pour out his love and grace on each and every one of us. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. To hear more messages like this, make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, head to westchelt.org.uk or search West Shout across social media. We love you. We can't wait to see you again.